Hello, it's a Sunday again. My name is Hui Mang and welcome to my podcast, The Truth About Us, a channel that encourages you to take more responsibility for your circumstances and bring more control to your life. Our title for today is Meaningful Relationships. At the start of our episode today, I just want to ask you to spare a moment to appreciate yourself for taking responsibility for your happiness every day. You go out there and do whatever you must to make things well in your life, even when it may not be easy. Even when you may not have all the answers you need, you still know what makes you happy and you make plans, bring together various things and doing what you can with them. And by the end of each day, you find you have made a positive difference in your life, however small, and that gives you the hope that tomorrow things could be even better. It is my sincere hope that the people around you also do appreciate the positive differences you are bringing to their lives too, and they always give you the feedback that affirms that. Relationships. Why do they matter? Relationships are the connections we have with other people. We often regard ourselves to be related to people only when we believe there is some benefit involved in that, some familiarity through which moments of happiness are exchanged. And we are quick to deny our relationships to notorious people who are known for things that we do not prefer. And one of the reasons is because we do not want their ill reputation to spill on us. However, the reality in life is that it gives us everything that is ever possible. And it is us who would decide what is helpful, what is not. And whatever we think is good and whatever we think is bad. In other words, morality is not decided by life, but by people who live who prefer and choose what makes them happy. Naturally, every one of us is connected to every other person who is alive today or who ever lived in this world. And those connections can be as obvious as how we all depend on the earth for our sustenance, or how our open atmosphere makes us breathe the same air that others have breathed out, like smelling cigarette smoke while standing out in the open air, and realizing that the person smoking it is actually some distance from you. The fact that you can smell their smoke means the air they have breathed has already reached your mouth and nostrils, and you are then breathing it. Well, we wake up every day to pursue things that could help bring happiness in our lives. We solve problems and we hope that beyond these problems we would find the happiness we need. For much of that happiness, we would need to rely on other people or the things in our environment that we share with them to help us to achieve this happiness. When our relationships with others are good, we succeed in achieving our goals, and when they fail, that much of our happiness also remains unrealized. Now, since much of our happiness depends on the relationships we have with others, let's look into what makes relationships strong, last long, and provide those who are in them the happiness they are looking for. In preparation for that, please allow me to clarify something even more important than our relationships with each other. Something that decides whether or not we succeed with everything that we ever do in life. That is purpose. We derive the meaning of anything that we do from knowing the reason why we are doing it. In the same way, we derive the meaning of our relationships from knowing the reason why they exist. The purpose we set for ourselves at the beginning of anything we create or do is the one that would determine our success or failure in doing it. The first thing that every person needs to know in life is their purpose in it. That purpose is the one that helps us decide how best to use our minds and bodies and the means we have at our disposal for achieving it. And it helps us to use ourselves more efficiently, the right way. 
When we are not aware of our purpose, we become unsure of how best to use the resources we have. We then end up misusing them and in that way, create the suffering that comes with working too hard and still not finding the meaning of whatever we are doing. Allow me to ask this. What is the purpose of your life? Do you think it is one or are they many? Have you found it already? Do you know that for as long as we are still looking for the purpose of our lives, that could only mean up to this moment, in this age, everything that happened before today was all without a purpose? And what is the meaning of anything that we ever do if we do not know its purpose? Without knowing that, the likelihood is very high that we have been misusing ourselves all along and creating all kinds of suffering for ourselves and for other people. For instance, finding ourselves in relationships whose purpose is unknown and from which we could find neither meaning nor fulfillment, hence the great dysfunction in them. Everything that happens in life, including the formation of relationships, all happens according to the primary purpose of living. We could say, Life gives us one big purpose and we all go about achieving it as little fragments in the situations in which we live. So, until we know and understand the purpose of life, we would find it difficult to use our situations the right way in pursuit of this purpose. Personally, I do not believe there is anyone who does not know the purpose of life. The thing is, many people may have not yet stated it as such and yet knowing very well that it is all they are living for. Nothing ever gets created or to exist until the purpose for it has been established. We can all look for any other purpose that we could set for ourselves. But as for life itself, it would have already given us a purpose by the time we were born. Just like with the many things around us that we may not be aware of, and we may even go somewhere else to look for them, so is the purpose of life. We work to find it because we believe we don't have it already, since we are not aware of it. However, our inability to recognize something for what it is does not mean it is not there already, but that we are simply not aware of it. The purpose of our lives is to be happy and to share this happiness with others. With everything that we ever do in a relationship, whether by ourselves or jointly resolving a problem, it is key to know that the ultimate result of that is happiness, and we must be willing to share this happiness with whoever we relate to. When happiness is shared, it creates peace, a state in which happiness is widely available and not lacking in any part. In that state, all can dwell in the contentment and enjoyment of what they have. It is important to bear in mind that to be happy is personal, but to share it with others is an obligation we have, because we recognize that we all live with each other in a shared environment of the world, in which our own happiness depends on others and on using the same things around us that others also have to use for their own happiness. This is what makes it necessary that we yield these things to each other for all to get their turn of happiness. It is by yielding to each other that we avail the opportunity to be happy to all people, because sharing makes abundant, and in this abundance there is no scarcity. The need to form relationships with each other is therefore our natural way of sharing and distributing happiness that life provides. Happiness, or to be happy, is in fact to reconcile someone or something with who we are. We become happy because we see our oneness with another. This is what attraction is about, wanting to see even more of the similarities we have with another. In contrast, anyone that we regard as being different from us because we cannot see how similar they are to us, 
we tend to repel. This is the difference between hanging around with people we prefer while avoiding those we see as not us or them. Now, let us talk about what is wrong in our relationships. Something that we could regard as the deception plaguing much of humans' relationship. And with that, I'd like to draw a distinction between true relationships and false relationships. A true relationship aims to bring happiness to all who are involved in it, whereas a false relationship aims to make happiness exclusive and not shared with those who are involved in the relationship. The difference between a true and a false relationship is in recognizing each other as equals in the relationship and in sharing the happiness it would create. So, why we fail to share happiness even when that is the natural goal of all relationships is all because at the level of life itself, we are still grappling with the issues of human purpose, trying to understand what it is. And because we still have not found it, we remain unable to use everything that we have in life accordingly, because we don't know the purpose of life and the purpose of the things that are within life. The goal of shared happiness makes us one with each other, firstly because there is no, one, no other goal that we could aspire for and work more efficiently towards like happiness. The oneness of our purpose is in the oneness of our humanity, making it necessary that we share our world with each other and sustain ourselves. The inability to understand the fact of our equality is the primary cause of all scarcity in the world and in life, and shows itself in everything that we do, in our broken relationships and in how we misuse ourselves or the resources in our environment by which we need to be sustained. Unfortunately, the fights that you see among people in all types of relationships and even among the nations of the world are all a result of our refusal to share happiness with others. We involve them to help us pursue this happiness, but once achieved, we fail to recognize our equality with them and that they too contributed and that it is only fair that we share this happiness with them. This deception lies bare in the instances where we have to sign contracts with each other and the efforts we make in trying to keep the other party from understanding the actual terms of the contract and how unfavorable they are to them. We use small print, legal jargon and even distract the other party from reading the terms, likely in fear of them refusing to sign the contract should they realize how onerous the conditions are. We want to involve them in the pursuit of our own happiness and yet we do not recognize their equality to us and the need for them to benefit as well as we do. In that way, the very agreements we make with each other are already meant to defeat the sharing of happiness. We refuse to recognize first and foremost that we are all human and we live in the world that we all share by virtue of us being born into it and that this can and must sustain all who are born into it and we all lay equal claim to the means it has to sustain us. Scarcity is caused by us calling ourselves this and that and cutting away everything that we think is not us, even when it is very much a part of who we are. Just like denying another person their happiness, even when we know very well that their unhappiness is still going to affect our happiness, and that much of our own happiness depends on them in some way. A belief in scarcity is the same as appreciating a rose but not the soil on which it grows. Whenever we are happy while others are not, we generate a state of inequality where the needs of the other are not met. This inequality creates a state of scarcity in which there is abject lack in other places while there is abundance in others. 
In an environment of scarcity that we perceive around us, those who don't have happiness begin to compete for it with those who have it. The various kinds of conflicts that we see in our relationships with each other, whether as lovers, in marriages, in employment, with friends, siblings, in institutions, communities, and among nations of the world, are all a result of our competition with each other over the happiness that is available in other places while not in others. We have personal squabbles, discriminations, crime, wars, and all the suffering that comes with them, all as a result of this competition. All this simply because we refuse to help others to realize the same happiness that we already enjoy in a world that makes it available to all of us. Now, let's bring our focus to true relationships. How we should truly relate with each other in order to derive the happiness of relating. By definition, love is the happiness of relating to another. It is the reason we ever start any relationship. A relationship starts because we see another person as having something that we need to be happy or being capable of helping us to achieve some form of happiness in our interactions with the person whom we want to relate to. They would also consider how their own happiness would be helped by relating to us. And only once we have separately defined for ourselves the value that we seek to derive from relating with another and decided that we truly need what the other has to offer, does the relationship progress to be more interactive? Essentially, the value that you set for any relationship that we form with another becomes the terms or conditions of our relating with them. Of course, these terms could continue to increase as we find ever more happier ways of relating with each other, but they cannot be absent because they are the basis of the relationship, the reason it exists. Since a relationship is a coming together of individuals with their own definitions of happiness, it only becomes possible to help another towards their own happiness when they themselves know what makes them happy. It is important to understand that each person in a relationship has the primary responsibility of clarifying, at least to themselves, their own needs and expectations to define what happiness is to them as well as being sincere in expressing them to the one with whom they relate because only then could the other person understand how best to help them so that the benefits of the relationship could be mutual. A relationship may become one-sided and serve the happiness of one person while excluding the needs of the other whenever we are unable to articulate our own needs in it. When the needs of those who are involved in a relationship are known, a solution that would then be formulated would then be one that accommodates the various points of view that are involved, as opposed to only those of the person who dared to express their own. We continue to chase our own happiness in a relationship, and with the help of the person we relate to, we take turns in helping each other to achieve that goal in a variety of ways. For as long as we achieve the various forms of happiness in our relationship, we continue to be motivated to sustain and enhance it. Increased interactions and communication with each other enhances a relationship. We begin to understand each other's needs both mental and physical. And from that we begin to understand how else we could meet not only the needs they have expressed, but even those they did not or have not expressed. The more we find ways of making each other happy, the more the reasons to love the person we are with and remain in a sustainable relationship with them.
we may realize that the looks that attracted us to them are nothing or not much compared to the many other talents they possess, including the little things they do that make us happy. Many of these would be things that we did not know about the person at the beginning when we met them, but which over time make us appreciate them even more. An increase in the benefits that a relationship could offer at any point compared to those that it offered at the beginning indicates its growth and maturity. And in that case, there are more reasons to sustain it than just the one that started it and the unhappiness caused by a failure in any one area of the relationship could then be made up for by the happiness created in the other areas that are going well. Think of the broader rules of or the broader role of a man in his family, not only in terms of how he could provide money for the material needs of his family, but in the other areas as well. He loves his wife, helps to ever make her feel strong and capable as a person, and able to resolve issues in other areas of her life. He supports her and is her best friend. He motivates his children to do well in whatever they do and to be confident with their abilities as they grow. Now, the more he could find more ways to bring happiness to the individual members of his family, the more his family, as a collective, has more to appreciate for his presence, simply because he's very much a part of their happiness. Maybe one day the man loses his job and cannot provide for his family financially. It is these things, over and above just the financial support that he provided, that would continue to make him more meaningful in the lives of the people he loves which would motivate them to also bring happiness to him by lending him the support he needs. He would then realize that the meaning of his presence in his family goes beyond any one thing that he is. Now, what makes communication important is not how long we spend talking to each other, but whether during that time we communicate our own needs with sincerity, while also reflecting honestly on the state of our relationship, its successes and challenges. In that way, the real issues besetting the relationship are identified and articulated sincerely and honestly with the intention to find a mutual solution. With the real issues identified, all the efforts undertaken to resolve them become maximal and their ultimate resolution restores harmony back to the relationship. Trust comes when we can honestly regard each other as being motivated by the happiness of the relationship enough to continue to use all the resources at our disposal to pursue the same goals that have been jointly defined and whose achievement would benefit all the parties involved in the relationship, as well as enhance the broader aspects of their lives. We can truly sustain any relationship to last a lifetime, for as long as we recognize that it is a relationship of equals and can only be sustained when the happiness it creates is shared. That would be all I wanted to say for today regarding our topic. Before I go, I want to leave you with words that should help to capture the essence of everything that I said in today's episode. And the words are from America's Declaration of Independence. And they read, quote, We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unquote. Please like and subscribe and send me any comments that you may have regarding anything that you hear on this podcast or that you read on my website and my blog. 
For copies of my book, uh, We Are God, The Powers Within Us, please go to my website, oneppp.xyz. That is oneppp.xyz. Or find it on amazon.com. Until next Sunday, have yourself a great week. Goodbye.